0: Hey friends, in this episode, we are privileged to bring you a story of hope, determination, and personal transformation. Daniel Harper will inspire you to be a better version of yourself in 2021. There's no question we're living in a challenging historical moment as 2020 brought us anxiety, isolation, and loss. And at the dawn of a new year, we see unsettling images from the institutions at the heart of our civil society. It's easy to feel discouraged, but giving up and giving in aren't options. Regardless of our past failures or present fears, or maybe because of both, we are called to do better. This is a show about running. We understand the gravity of far more significant concerns in all of our lives, but running is a sanctuary. It can be a place of liberation, a place of self-discovery, a place for finding and cultivating our most complete and best selves, then in turn, for serving and uplifting those who run with us. Daniel's journey exemplifies the best of what running means to all of us. He encourages us to set audacious goals and to pursue them with passion. You'll hear his two-year journey from a guy without running shoes to a Boston Marathon qualifier who hits the pavement for miles every morning. In the second half of the conversation, the focus shifts and Daniel tells us how that journey changed his life. In the final minutes, you'll hear the raw and powerful emotion of this experience. We're just individuals running, yet that action can yield so much more. I'm reminded of Robert F. Kennedy saying that an individual act can send forth a ripple of hope and crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring, those ripples of hope can sweep down the mightiest walls. It happened for Daniel. Our sponsor, Run is so inspired by Daniel that they wanna help you reach your running goals in 2021. Later in the episode, we'll have details on how you can win a free pair of training shoes. Now, to my conversation with longtime friend of the show, Daniel Cosmo Harper. Welcome in for mile 69 of the Second Flat Running Podcast. It's great to have you back with us, and I'm excited to welcome in my dear friend, Daniel Cosmo Harper, to the show today. To kick off the new year, Daniel's got a fantastic running story that will get you motivated, inspired for 2021, to commit or recommit to your goals, and I think some tangible ideas here that will help you through the process. Cosmo! How you doing, big fella?
1: I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Never expected to be on this side of the mic on the Seconds Flat
0: podcast. It is, some might say, the pinnacle of stardom. <laughs>
1: I, I can feel it. I
0: feel it. Um, coming at you live from Sans Suchet, souche South right. Carolina. That's right. No worries. The exurbs of Greenville. That's right. Uh, From Daniel's recording studio. He said, didn't expect to be on the other side of the mic because he's done a little bit on uh, my side of the mic before. All right, big fella, let's get into it. Okay. You've had a remarkable running journey over the past two years. It's been fun. I can't think of a better guest to share thoughts on how to commit to running and your goals for next year and into the future, as well as how to find balance and clarity and mental health through running. So first, take us back almost exactly two years ago, yep. on a cold day mm-hmm. in Boston, Massachusetts. That's right. How did it start?
1: Well, I have a, a friend named Andrew uh, that I met when I was living in Boston. And uh, we kept in touch over the years. Our families are close and we go back to Boston every New Year's after Christmas. Um, we go to Boston for a few days, and then we head up to their house in Vermont.
0: Not this year, baby. You're spending it with me. That's right.
1: So this is uh, the one year I'll be in, uh, in the South for the new year. But we love to go up to Boston and in, uh, in Vermont to, you know, to see the snow and hit the slopes for the new year. And that first night in Boston, I guess it was December 29th, 2018... Um, that first day up there, Andrew asked me to go for a run with him, and you know he'd been really into the sport. And uh, I, I had more of the musician lifestyle, you know, late nights and cigarettes. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so he'd asked me to go for a run with him. I didn't have any gear with me. I didn't have any shoes for it, but. You didn't um, even
0: have your members-only jacket. No, no, oh,
1: cool. <laughs> no members-only jacket. Uh, no shoes. He gave me a pair of his, uh, a couple, uh, a pair of shoes about two sizes too big, and some some running tights. He gave him his most ridiculous running outfit to wear. <laughs> um, and we we took a jog through uh, Jamaica Plain, around Jamaica Pond, and uh,
0: ghosts of Bill Rogers. That's right.
1: And it was my my first run in. Gosh, what seems. To be about 15 years yeah. um, since, uh, since the college, uh, college football days. Um, and something in me, uh, something just clicked. Something felt right about getting, uh, getting out there, and getting my heart rate up. I knew that I needed some balance in my life. And it, and it felt um, something about getting out there with a friend um, and sharing some miles just felt, uh, felt right to me. So, yeah, it started with someone initiating, just asking me if I, if I wanted to go for a run. And at that particular day, I didn't have anything better to do.
0: So it clicks. It clicked. What are the goals then when you realized, oh, this might be something for me? Mm-hmm. I'm stick with it here for a little while. We get a few days, a few weeks in. What were the initial goals? Well,
1: um, Andrew was going to come down south for the half marathon on the Swamp Rabbit Trail. Uh, in February of that next year, um, and he asked me to run it with him um, so I had a you know, that was the first that was the initial goal was just make it to the end of February be in shape enough to keep up with him you know run about a hour and forty five minutes in the half so that was that was the initial goal was just make it i guess just make the the half marathon happen in about an hour forty five and from there i i didn't expect to keep going. It was him putting um, getting me out there on that first run and then asking me if I would run a race, and kind of committing to that, and from there it was uh, it was easy to to get into training.
0: Yeah, we'll dive into what kept you going, yeah. but before we do, you went out for a few miles with a buddy. Mm-hmm. You're saying in a few months, I gotta run a half marathon. Right. What was the farthest you had run before that?
1: Oh man, the 40-yard dash? <laughs> no, um, you know, since um, playing football in my freshman year of college, I don't remember a time where I went out for a run. I would hit the gym every now and then, but I didn't have any miles um, really under my belt at that point. I, I might have gone, my, my wife, Emily, was a runner, um, was the runner in the family up to that point, so I might have gone out for a few miles with her every now and then, but not more than three miles
0: yeah so So you got a ways to go yeah also i think the i might hit the gym every now and then comment was the greatest understatement (laughs) in athletic history i am fairly certain i've seen you deadlift a sherman tank off of a small (laughs) child so you you've always been an athlete and i I don't want people to get the wrong idea that you were just starting completely from scratch that's why i bring that up that there's some athletic background there but To counter that, you just said it. You had not been a runner. Right. You had never been anywhere close to half marathon length. We'll get there, but you're ultimately going to run a really great marathon down the road. So sometimes the the story gets discouraging for the average person who thinks, well, that person was a great athlete anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have an athletic story to tell, Mm -hmm. but this was really out of the realm for you, right? This was just... Shoot, we're running, are running through Boston, and feels right. Let's let's set a target and do something totally new. Hmm. I've always been
1: one to to believe that I could do anything that I set my mind to. Um, I just never set my mind to uh, running um, any type of distance, uh, much less thirteen point one miles or twenty six point two.
0: So to to dive into that, I'm sure at some point early on. You know, we didn't start running together until after you had accomplished that half marathon goal and you were on the trajectory toward doing bigger things and faster things. Mm -hmm. But runners of every stripe in that early phase, particularly when they're new at it or they're newly rededicated, Mm -hmm. I would say, reach a point where it gets tough. What helped you in those moments early on? Maybe take us back to those first few months. Mm. What got you through runs that maybe were tough or kept your sights on those big targets you had down the road? Those
1: first few months, knowing that someone else was getting out of bed at the same time I was uh, to go run the same mileage I was going to, uh, even if they were in another part of the country, you know, having Drew. Uh, train alongside me though he was you know in Boston and I was in Greenville that was motivating to me know that I wasn't alone but also I I have a neighbor here Patrick who he was a marathoner some 10 or 15 years ago and he joined me for my first uh, my first few runs when I got back to Greenville after that trip he joined me for you know the, the three to four miles that I ran in those first two weeks or so so yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say the camaraderie of it. Andrew always told me to do the hardest thing I would do all day, first thing in the morning.
0: Yeah, great advice. Yeah, yeah.
1: and so uh, every time I'd, the alarm clock would go off, and you know, not being a runner, not not having this routine yet, I told myself I would, I would for three weeks I would do this thing and um, get up and and do the run. And from there, it, it became habit. But yeah, just just the camaraderie, knowing someone else is is getting up. And doing this thing with you um, was really helpful.
0: A lesson we can carry into today because in some cases, the race has gone virtual. We might not be able to all run together. Depends on where you are in the world and given the current health situation. Hopefully in 2021, mm-hmm. more races start to come back. But that's the first tidbit right there that everyone can immediately latch onto. The camaraderie's different if you're alone, but find a way to connect with somebody. There's somebody rolling out of bed mm-hmm. the same time as you every morning. You're counting on each other. It's a symbiotic relationship, right. right? We went out this morning, got in those miles, and maybe didn't necessarily have a specific number we wanted to get in. Right. But once we got rolling, you're just sharing that moment, those miles, sharing life together. That's right. Whether you're near or from afar... That is certainly a driver for me Mm -hmm. every day. And then what happened? Next thing you know, we're uh, 13, 14 miles deep and and enjoying a perfect morning. Yeah. Another thing
1: to add on to that, I I think there are good and bad things to social media in general. Um, But Strava uh, was something. Andrew had me download the Strava app Mm -hmm. on that first run. And having that place where you can log your run and also see where you know, those other people, you know, your other uh, running buddies are, are logging miles as well. It's another thing that, that helps out to see that you're, you're not, um, you're not doing this alone. You know, there's, uh, otherwise I wouldn't see someone else's running journal probably. Yeah. But that, that was another thing I think that kind of kept us connected, you know, putting it out there and, and training together, um, even in that virtual space was, was super helpful. Um, I, I think if I, If we hadn't have been doing it that way to where I could see what he was doing, he could see what I was doing. And if it didn't post that day, if I didn't, if I didn't run that morning, he was going to give me a call and like ask me what was up, you know? So that was definitely a helpful, helpful thing as well. So,
0: yeah, I've been openly critical Mm -hmm. on this show in the past of an over-dependence on Mm -hmm. an online training log like Strava for the comparison that people can fall into, right? Of what kind of mileage, what kind of pace are others doing that may not be right for me? The chasing segments just to chase segments, even if it's not what you're training for. Mm-hmm. But you touched it there. It's a valuable tool. Mm-hmm. It can be a vehicle towards success. For accountability. For, for sure. accountability. And and you, know, you just mentioned, I set a goal of I'm getting three weeks in and we're going to take a look in the mirror at three weeks mm-hmm. and decide, should we keep going? That accountability factor and knowing, well, now we're X number of weeks out from the race. He's still doing it. I'm still doing it. Mm-hmm. It probably helped move you through that cycle after week three was over, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Funny thing, he didn't actually come down for the race. <laughs> 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 he wasn't able to, but it almost didn't matter at yeah. that point. A lot of that, a lot of uh, the, the point of it was, uh, I think, for me, it was uh, that accountability. It was just to keep me going. Which I'm, I'm forever grateful for because it's, it's definitely changed my life in, in more ways that I can describe on this show, for sure.
0: So, how'd the race go?
1: I couldn't give you the exact number, but I... Oh, that
0: doesn't even matter, just the experience.
1: Oh, it was fantastic. Super cold morning in February, um, and I remember not knowing... I'd never done a race before. I, I didn't know how it... Even how, like, people warmed up or I was just kind of standing there in my my long sleeves and my shorts and on that chilly February morning and just trying to trying to copy what everybody else was doing to get warmed up because I didn't have any reference and then I just started running and tried to find some people that were around the same pace as I was at and uh went out a little little hard a little too fast as and one does we've
0: all made that mistake <laughs> and especially early on in the career yeah and I you know I didn't have a watch at this
1: point I didn't have any like reference for what my pace what my pace was or you know how long I'd been running by the by the end of it but I came in at about uh, I guess uh, an hour hour 37 minutes or something so it beat that that goal of 145 yeah. by about, about 8 minutes but I was toast at the end of it.
0: <laughs> you finish? Yeah. You reach the original goal. Mm-hmm. What are the first things you're thinking about? for your running future, mm-hmm. when you come through that line?
1: I was thinking about doing 15 the next weekend, see if I could go further, mm-hmm. to be honest. I loved the feeling after the race of accomplishing uh, that distance. And to see that I, I wasn't bad at this, you know? I got, I'd gotten so much faster even just in the, I guess it was two months that I'd been training, and I'd, I'd surpassed the goal that I had set for myself. So yeah, I wanted more of that. I wanted more goal setting and accomplishing those goals. Getting faster at this point was, was finally an, an option because I had a bar. So yeah, then the next thing was was in my sights was kind of immediately to. To pursue the marathon.
0: This is the point where you and I link up. Yeah, I would get introduced through a mutual running friend, and it's where you get a nickname that is stuck. <laughs> We were, it was a, it was maybe early summer, early summer, two summers ago. Yeah. A lot of us like to go up to Lake Summit for mm-hmm. the long runs, a lot of soft surface up there around the lake, beautiful spot up in the mountains. And I was in a training cycle with some buddies for a marathon that we knew was a hilly course. Mm-hmm. And so we went up there to attack some hills and then get some marathon pace work. Mm -hmm. afterward we threw out the invite to you and i don't exactly remember how it all unfolded but we weren't expecting you and that's right we got to the parking lot and you weren't there our friend kyle i think got a text from you that you might be showing up Mm -hmm. at that moment you forever changed from daniel (laughs) to an obscure 90's Seinfeld reference when you became Cosmo. Mm-hmm. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> you became Cosmo because Cosmo Kramer in the show was known as the king of the pop-in. That's right. And I've never seen a greater pop-in than, I don't know what that is, 45 minutes from your home. Yeah. We're all out getting ready to run, and here you come around the corner. You're ready to get the miles in. You made such an impression on me. We knew each other before that, yeah. but that was one of the first times we had gone out for a real long, hard workout. Yeah, And you made such an impression because we went on that first set of hills, mm-hmm. right? And there's a nice spot. You can warm up about two and a half miles out there. And then there's a long, gradual dirt hill.
1: After the bridge, yeah.
0: Uh, that's right, right? that the train trestle. Train trestle. Yeah. Uh, it's like a 45 to 60 second hill, probably. Yeah. So we were going to do our first set there and then run a little horseshoe pattern over to another hill. And I don't even remember how many reps we did, but I made a comment that, like, this is the last rep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe I wasn't specific that this is the last rep, but not the end of this workout right. or <laughs> what your thoughts were, right. but all of a sudden we're charging the hill and I look over and there you are next to me, right to my side. Yeah. You are storming up that thing. Yeah. And my first thought was good for him. He's working hard. My quick second thought was, does this guy realize that there's a lot of work left to be done? And that's
1: what you said. You said, this isn't the end of the workout big boy.
0: I did call you big boy. I think I might have put my hand up to slow you down a little bit. yeah, I appreciate uh, it. Me yeah. trying to assert dominance, I guess. <laughs> no, I was I was trying to look out for you. Uh, yeah, Hey, true. big boy, that's we got true. we got a lot of running left to do. And
1: I didn't realize that was the case. I thought this was it. I'm like, I'm going to let it all out there.
0: Sure. <laughs> like, just put it all out on that last hill wrap. That's right. But it, it right. made an impression, seriously, in a positive way of just the fact that you wanted to be there, yeah. that you were going to take time to come work with us. You showed you were committed. And that had built through a lot of stuff that we've already talked about. Let's walk... The audience through where that led, some of the high points in running for you over the last two years, because mm-hmm. what you've accomplished has been really amazing. Yeah. I, I don't want to say this like I doubted you before, but probably more than either of us imagined two years ago.
1: Absolutely. I knew I wanted to qualify for Boston
2: mm.
1: after that initial half marathon only because I wanted to run the race I didn't know how to get in you know all of my friends had um, done it through charity raised money and done the race but I wanted to qualify you know I wanted, to, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to find that time so everything else from there I didn't know how to do it I didn't know how to get faster but coming into the store coming in to run in and seeing you guys and asking questions and you know trying to figure out how to bridge the gap from you know the one forty five or one thirty seven half marathon to a sub three hour marathon it was obviously out of my reach, so yeah man, your question earlier when I've been thinking about what's next, you know yeah that was the that was the initial goal in mind and i'm really thankful to have guys like yourself and and this running crew seconds flat to help uh, to help guide someone like myself an amateur who had no idea what they're doing to reach that
0: that milestone so what have Um, been the milestones the many peaks of accomplishment here mm -hmm. since then
1: well i knew i wanted to do the marathon and i needed to find a race where i could qualify i didn't have any idea of (laughs) <laughs> which races were best mm-hmm. to qualify. And so I just signed up for the closest one to me, which was Spanx. I guess that was October 26th, 2018. Um, so from the half to the the marathon, I had about, oh, oh gosh, uh, what is 10 minus two? Eight months. I had eight months to train, which is a, a pretty long cycle. I just ran um, ran about four days a week consistently, I had some plans I found online, and I just, I was consistent with my training, did the long runs, Um, didn't really do workouts yet. I didn't know what that was about until I met you guys in the summer. In June or July, I started working out with you guys, and it was a slow build. I think the biggest, if you can call it a milestone, was staying healthy through, you know, following plans that weren't catered to me. I didn't know anything about uh, how I felt, if you will. I just had this plan that was in front of me and I was gonna follow it to a T so that I could accomplish this goal. But yeah, man, once I hit 20, I I knew that I could do it. You know, I knew I could do the marathon. I didn't know what my time would look like. Um, But after um, that summer, I was trying to figure out where how I should pace. I I remember coming to the store and asking you, like, I've never done nutrition during a run. I did Uh, actually working up to the marathon, I I did 26 miles a couple times um, and back-to-back weekends for some stupid reason.
0: (laughs) Well, I think I'm going to pause you there for a minute because I do want to come back to that and and talk about some of the things we learned to to train better because your experience is not unique and people are really going to connect with it Mm -hmm. and find value in some of the errors that were made along the way, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll come back to that. But go ahead. Okay. But yeah, I uh, I think
1: August or September, I was feeling like, okay, well, I'm I can hit sub three, I can do this, and and if, uh, I think Kyle was like, man, you don't have to go so hard out the gate. Just get the first one under <laughs> you, you know. Just you don't have to. You'll be BQ. You'll do it. Just take your time. Um, but I was pretty stubborn.
0: Kyle Kugler, local voice of reason. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So yeah, but the
1: next milestone was the marathon.
0: Tell us what happened, a little bit about the race, and more significantly the results. Yeah, and...
1: okay, um, so uh, October rolls around. I eat as many bagels as I possibly <laughs> could, uh, which was super enjoyable until the end. I was kind of sick of, <laughs> uh, sick of bagels with peanut butter on them. Um, but my friend Andrew uh, from Boston came down to join, uh, to join me for this marathon. And, you know, we line up at this point. I knew I wanted to you know, go sub three, <laughs> I had plenty of Excel spreadsheets breaking down what every mile should be. And I went so far as to memorize that before the race.
0: Now, I'll, I'll interject here. That can be helpful for some. It might not be for others. Mm-hmm. But there's no question that your preparation and understanding the course mm-hmm. was hugely beneficial because it was a difficult course oh yeah yeah right and, yeah. and you came ready to race your your race prep from a planning and mental perspective was sharp right I was thorough yeah for sure
1: and they changed the course uh, a couple weeks before the race maybe three weeks or so
0: yeah you had been practicing on Up some Jones. hills that were going to be on the course yeah, that's right but you pivoted quickly and mm-hmm. handled it well great example of only control the things you can control the course layout was out of your hands Mm -hmm. once it got changed you got to work on the new course yeah
1: i got to know the course well i got to know uh, the best pacing strategy i wanted to do it right for sure so um so yeah we got we got on the line i i think they actually drew a line in the sand
0: they Um, did and it was around the warning track yeah on the baseball field that's right for the start, the start was a little wild that day. I was leading a pacing group. That's right. A little behind you, but you're right. It was kind of a line of the sand, line in the sand, and mm-hmm. away we go. <laughs> yeah, you're,
1: and you're asking guys, what are you going for? You're trying to figure out your place where yeah. you, you know, asking guys what you're trying to do. And I, I found myself going from like middle of the middle of the pack to kind of near the front because n- not many folks were going sub three. Uh, yeah, and so I found a couple people. Uh, one guy, a friend of ours, Antoine. Mm-hmm. I didn't, who I didn't know at the time. Um, who was shooting for about the same time.
0: All you knew was you were taking Antoine down. <laughs> I didn't know. I
1: didn't know this at the time. <laughs> I was going to follow Antoine and see how long I could hang with them. really.
0: That's a creepier approach, but it works too. <laughs> well,
1: uh, yeah. I, I, it seemed like he knew what he was doing, and I, I, was, I was questioning.
0: You know, the morning of, you got all these jitters. Sure. You, you. At just... that point, you just have to trust your training. That's right. Trust your taper. Yeah. Let it rip that's right so gun goes off
1: gun goes off and uh, you know I, I stick to my my paces I was going to go out at like 659 or so uh, you know I ride under 7 minutes and, uh, and and gradually get faster with, with each mile and so uh, it goes off a lot of guys you know take off ahead of me I have to uh, kind of remain focused and, and, and stick to my paces but I found a couple guys um, a guy from Greenwood um, was with me and you know I was kind Of explaining, you know, my strategy with this, he was just asking me about the course and asking me about what I was shooting for, and you know, having that those initial miles where you're trying to figure out your place, and then uh, things went according to plan until mile seven or eight. And then you take that turn, take that right before, before the you, campus at Furman, yeah, before you go yeah. into Furman, and there's that hill which you know threw things off just a touch. Um, and uh, by the time we got to TR, I'd caught up with. Antoine and you know who was leading the pack. And I was kind of I was actually quite surprised that like whoa like some guys went out way too hard and were they, yeah. were, they were dying yeah. and I was able to to sustain paces through mile 13 and once we got there and we took a left right there in downtown TR. I was determined to to stick with these guys till the end. And at this point I was interested to see how I would sustain pace at, at these at these hills and really had searched him, did great. You know, if we dropped one of the guys when we were uh, headed back through Furman and it was just me and Antoine there. And you know, I'd never raced before. Not really the half marathon I was surviving. I was just trying to get through it. Yeah. But, uh, so now you're, it's just you and another guy at the front of the pack. And I, I didn't know what to do exactly like deep. And so, so I chose to, uh, I was super close, but right behind Antoine, just Feeling like I was drafting off yeah. of him, you know, it kind of feels like the wrong thing to do now. I, I felt like, felt like I should have <laughs> gotten beside him and had some conversation or helped out and taken the lead a little bit. But oh, thing I left out, uh, my dad uh, agreed to. Uh, to supply a bottle service for me. Mm-hmm. And so he was in Furman. I think I really surprised him. He like barely was able to give me the bottle. He was so excited <laughs> that I was in the lead with this other guy. And Here he comes like, oh, Cosmo. Go, 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 He was like really encouraging, but uh, obviously didn't expect what I was doing at the moment. All that to say, uh, at about mile 20, Antoine cramped a little bit and I had to stretch out. I knew it was my moment. And so I, uh, I took off and, and I think that next mile was like 10 or 15 seconds faster than the yeah. rest, you know, when gap I was,
0: that lead. Yeah. I, I
1: kind of told myself now is the time to, to create that gap and last 10 K I was alone, which was the most difficult part of the race for sure. The last 10 K people say that a race starts at 20. Right. And I definitely found that to be, to be true. But yeah, man came in, uh, came down the swamp rabbit.
0: You gotta come back up now. That gradual back, long on. hill, back up to the baseball stadium to finish where you started. That's right.
1: Yeah, and that that hill, uh, that was the obviously the hardest part of the mile.
0: Well, to give some context for the listeners, you know, a lot of people will go to Chicago on a really pancake flat course Mm -hmm. and you make that last right then left at Chicago and the right is an uphill on maybe the only but certainly the biggest hill of the course and it's not that big Mm -hmm. but its location 25 plus miles into the race is what Mm -hmm. makes it so significant in your case you're hitting it at almost the same point in the race but this is actually a fairly long sustained gradual uphill up river than up Maine is the better part of a mile Mm -hmm. at the end of this race. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: It was, it felt like more than a mile for sure. It felt like, um, like forever. But at that point you you start to see people. And so you, you know, once you get on river and Maine, people start to start cheering and I saw some friends of mine and I was just like, you know, that moment where you just get the chills and you're like, Oh my God, like I'm doing this, you know, like it, it starts to feel real.
0: Well, a lot of guys in our running group were mm-hmm. doing the half that day. That's right. And so they had had some great races, mm-hmm. a lot of top finishes, and they want to see what you're doing. Right. And I think they had maybe the same response that you did. Yeah. That, yeah. Holy smokes! Yeah. Here yeah. comes the big boy.
1: That's right. I, yeah. A few of them
0: like seemed surprised. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was you know, equally so. My wife too. When I when I entered, I guess there was an announcement or something, and. Uh, my wife came running out of the stands with Eleanor our child our two-year-old and she was right there at the finish line to give me a huge hug when I was done it was like it was one of the more emotional times I'd had in my whole life to to reach uh, this goal that you'd had in mind you know eight months beforehand in such a short time and to do it in the fashion that you know it, it's a local race you know So to most, not a huge deal, but to me to 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 win that race and, and to accomplish the BQ and to do it well enough under three where I felt like it was safe, if you will, to, to qualify. And then to have my wife right there screaming and, and like just um, super excited, almost scaring our daughter, like,
0: what's going <laughs> on here?
1: Um, and to embrace, embrace them. It was a special moment. I don't know that I've experienced anything like that.
0: Yeah, that is one of the emotions of the sport that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. We'll come back to that. Yeah. In 10 months, you go from a guy who hadn't gone farther than three miles to not just a marathon finisher, but a Boston qualifier. And not just a Boston qualifier, but a winner at your debut marathon. (laughs) And you said it's a local race. Sure. It's almost irrelevant. Sure. Who else competes in it and the size of the race that that's how that day goes. Yeah. You go, then in the course of this broader two-year experience, you go from a guy who in his first mile time trial ran what?
1: That first month
0: I was running, I ran a 6.59. 6.59. Mm-hmm. To now uh, start of December, yep. we set up the mile time trial yep. again. Yeah. So essentially you go from a seven-minute miler to?
1: Four minutes and 54 seconds. Sub five.
0: Yeah, and that was when we started working together more formally in working on crafting a training plan for you. Under five by the end of the year was a goal. Right. That you crushed. Yeah. Once again, you learned a similar lesson as you did uh, <laughs> the get out hard and oh, yeah. have to hang on. The mile's a whole different world, and you learned that, and That's you can right. run even faster than that. There's no question. Those are two of numerous big singular accomplishments. Mm hmm. I think as you said, though, the milestones are so much more than that. They're about stepping stones and distance along the way. Time shared with people who are important to you. That's right. Like your your wife and daughter at a finish mm-hmm. line. And you made a comment earlier. The sport of running has given you gifts that are so much more than you ever could have imagined. How has this journey in the past two years been about more than running for you? Hmm
1: and name off uh, so many benefits when i when i stopped working out after my freshman year of college something i lost something there was um, an imbalance that came from not getting my heart rate up not taking care of myself physically so for about 15 years i i, I felt like i wasn't quite myself you know and since i started running those 2 years ago i I feel like I've found a part of myself again that I lost so long ago. Um, after I started, uh, after I stopped working out and taking care of myself physically, I I've lost confidence. Um, and in the past uh, two years, I've, I've found I've found that confidence again. That um, the feeling that I could do whatever I put my mind to. There's a certain presence that I've had the past two years that I didn't that I didn't have before. You know, my wife and I have been married a little over eight years now, and she's noticed um, the, a light come back, if you will, a confidence come back that I, that I can do things that I put my mind to. I've started setting goals and accomplishing things, you know. Um, I've always dealt with um, a pretty severe anxiety and depression. Um, to, to my knowledge, one that seems more severe than most. Um, we've talked about this in the past, but antidepressants and antipsychotic medications and uh, different uh, uh, cognitive behavioral therapies. And since I started running, all of that has, uh, has gone away. I, I, haven't, I haven't had the severe lows that I used to have because after I get out the door in the morning, and I, I do my run, I come back with a different type of focus and a different perspective than I had when I woke up. So, yeah, I, I, uh, it's given me confidence. It's given me focus. Um, it's given me time to think through um, some, some things that I, I, I might not have thought, thought through before. It's given me time to myself. <laughs> I started running when my daughter was about 8 years old, uh, excuse me, 8 months old. And so as a new parent, you know, you lose a little time and, you know, getting up early in the morning before she wakes up and, and getting that in and having that time to myself, you know, we, we talk about if that's actually selfish or not, Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's been something that I didn't know I needed, but it's, it's something that, that running has given me is, is time to, to myself to, to take care of me.
0: Yeah. I actually believe it's selfless because in your case, but in for so many others, mm-hmm. you just set it there. It is a place where you found clarity, mm-hmm. where you found thoughtful direction Yeah, for not just your life, but your family's lives that come along with that. That's right. I-, I loved that comment you made earlier from your friend about do the hardest thing of the day at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. And how you get out in the morning, and and I'm that kind of person too, Mm -hmm. get out first thing, and it just totally changes your perspective on the day. That's right. And I had a a friend who was a coach who would often tell his athletes, once you're up and out of bed, you've made the hardest decision. Now go do the thing you enjoy. Mm -hmm. What's that opportunity offer for you each day when when you are out there? A place for thought, mm-hmm. a place for time for yourself. But you you dove into some pretty serious stuff too, with how it's yeah. you know, helped you cope, right? Uh, with some some difficult times. Mm-hmm.
1: It's brought creativity back. You know, I'm as a I'm a, a musician, a songwriter, a, someone who's always been creative. Um, but in those years where I wasn't active, it seems like there was. Um, Eventually, it became, it became uh, monotonous, and it became like I had to create. It, it wasn't a natural inspiration, you know. And now, on my runs, I, that's the time I th- I'm able to ideate. That's when, I'm, that's when I'm most creative. The best ideas I've had for, for work or for you know, ideas for different dates with my wife um, or song ideas, any, any creative endeavor, I've had those ideas when I'm running.
0: I think yeah. that rings true for virtually everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Some of the smartest thoughts and mm-hmm. decisions that we come to happen on the run.
1: Mm-hmm. It's that yeah. clarity? Yeah, so creativity, it's um, running is a creative thing, you know, and it, it allows us to turn off. Um, running is not hard. You we were made to do it. you know, it's yeah. we were talking about it the other day. that's yeah what differentiates us from, other species is we're upright and we're able to run. Um, we're made to do this thing, and once we get to doing it, our mind's able to do something else. I I, I oftentimes don't I don't have a plan on what I'm gonna think about when I'm running. It just kind of happens, and there's some there's some beauty in that freedom to explore, explore the space, explore to, to work through that thing that happened the day before and process it and come to terms with I, I should reconcile with this person or I should oh, that that that. That someone said rings true. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song about that. Whatever it is, there's there's a, a creativity and a clarity that comes on the run, that I, you know, I might get every now and then on a long drive, or I might get you know taking a shower. Those monotonous things that we do cutting the grass, um, I might experience in those times as well, but never as consistently as, as on the on the long run.
0: Well, you mentioned there. You're alone time and then diving into a day with family afterward. And you're a father mm-hmm. with another one on the way. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. And I've loved the stories shared here on this podcast about staying motivated and dedicated while having other significant life responsibilities. Mm-hmm. For you, how does that balance and blend work?
1: Sometimes it doesn't <laughs> very well. Um, I my daughter wakes up about seven thirty. I like to help my wife with her first thing so that you know we can both start our days off on a, on a good foot. So I I like to get out the door um, and and back by seven or so, uh, which you know gets me up pretty early, especially on long run days. So yeah, it, depending on the, the the workout, depending on the day. Um, you know, some days I'll get up at, at 4.30 in the morning to get the long run in or optimally <laughs> I'll get out the door uh, around 6 or, or 6.30 for the easy run and get back by 7 or 7.30 when my daughter wakes up. And the morning routine as a parent is, is important because it sets the tone for the rest of the day um, for me and for the for my wife and, and my daughter. So it's, it's important to for me to get back for that it's been a challenge you know lately there's been some days where i have to go during her nap get the run in and then and then come back and um by the time she wakes up and have the rest of the day but there's something i'm missing during that time there's there's something different about about starting it early you know getting it going like we talked about
0: before doing that hard thing as the routine with the child Mm -hmm. sets the tone for the day getting out early for a good run mm-hmm. can really set a great tone for the day as well that's right we connect very much on one level but many levels but one specifically of in the hardest moments when times were tough whether that was in our control or out of it a family member's sick or something's going wrong at work or we made a mistake bad decision ourselves running is one of those few things that we've turned to, to find some hope, some solace, mm-hmm. and a better next step for us. Yeah. That is one of the gifts that I hope everyone listening gets to share in as we look out to 2021. That gift is out there. It's, it's there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And it is such a tremendous opportunity to take yourself from a person who, as you said, maybe had lost the creativity, mm-hmm. maybe had lost a sense of identity, and transformed yourself into a, a young Daryl Hall all over <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, debatable. Let's look ahead to 2021 and, and what the machinations are in your mind for the goals now because you've set some lofty ones. you mm-hmm. You've met them and now the goals get loftier. Yeah. And with that often harder to attain. This is something even the experienced runner now connects with of okay, I've checked a lot of boxes and now they're getting really hard to check. Yeah. What are those boxes going to be for you and what's your thought process on how you get there?
1: Well, I still I've got a lot of goals. Um I've told myself, you know, since qualifying for Boston, that I want to do the six majors, and I want to do Boston uh, once we get back to it. Um, I want to do Boston every year. You know, that's that's a race that's near and dear to my heart. Not because I've done it, but because, you know, living in Boston for the four or five years that I lived there, you know, I lived on the Mass Ave. Boylston corner, um, and I would see this race go by. I'd see the crowd, I'd, I'd have to um, go a block or so away to, to actually see the race, but um, I love that city, I love the people in that city, and the fact that it's such an iconic race. Um, so, you know, obviously qualifying for Boston on, on a yearly basis is, um, is on the list of goals. Um, I'd like to, now that we're sub five on the mile, I'd like to continue doing that once a year. Um, and, you know, maybe we can uh, inch down to you know four and a half minutes one day you know maybe we can get faster in our old age <laughs> I sure um, hope you know, I hope so um, <laughs> I, only having done this for two years I feel like I've got nothing but potential oh yeah despite you know I'm 35 I'm getting you know getting older I don't, you know hey, this a is a young pup <laughs> this is a sport that that allows you to to continue getting better even into your you know 40s 50s so I want to I continue doing that. So six majors, uh, Boston, some five mile uh, once a year. And uh, eventually, uh, I would like to run across the country, straight across, uh, maybe Boston to San Francisco, Boston to San Diego. Just run run the, the length um, of the country once to, to experience different parts of the country I've never been to before. To do something that seems impossibly hard um to do that on foot um you know maybe one day uh uh, try to do it in the uh was it 40 days 42 days which is the record you know i I don't know if we'll get there but you know see see the country and uh, bring people along with me have friends from uh, from here to to california uh, join me along the way while I, don't, I I guess uh, not finding myself, I feel like that's, that's been, uh, I think that's part of the journey is, is, you know, um, figuring out how far you can take something, you know, but ultimately, yeah, I, I think doing these, having these annual goals and then eventually, um, when the time is right for my family, um, taking it cross country.
0: You can count me in <laughs> for some of those miles. Okay. You might get me through the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is great to listen to that drive and ambition Mm -hmm. because regardless of what level you're at as a runner, regardless of how 2020 went for you, 2021, then hopefully 22 and 23 and so on, give you a blank slate, a fresh opportunity to create something new and better and bigger and bolder than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. You personify that. And I mean that as the ultimate compliment, because you just said there was a time a few years ago when you felt absent of those qualities Mm -hmm. and running didn't get you there. Running was part of the process. It was again, that vehicle for you, but you accomplished that you, you got yourself to that place Mm -hmm. using running. And that's what everyone out there who thinks I might enjoy this sport or Mm -hmm. already enjoys it could see in their lives too mm-hmm. there aren't many avenues in life that present us that chance that's right
1: it's available to us all that's for sure
0: for anyone out there who has taken a break or become disenchanted with the results mm-hmm. what's one one nugget you'd share for getting it kickstarted again not I have to be fast or I have to be competitive to win races, but for all the other reasons we've talked about. Mm. Be patient. Yeah.
1: With yourself. Maybe don't always expect so much, but enjoy the the process. I guess those are two nuggets.
0: <laughs> They're intertwined and critical to both being successful and enjoying this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. To the to the athletes that have been doing it, you know, I don't don't expect so much out of yourself and let yourself off the hook a little bit but know that you know it's always there you can always come back to it in, in one form or another maybe it doesn't have to be that one thing you were doing for me i'm not going to go go try to find a flag football game you know that wasn't it for me it was finding this other avenue where i could uh, find camaraderie and find a way to stay you know in shape or, or find fitness again but yeah rest is a beautiful thing that you shouldn't feel bad about taking. Yeah. you know, I think it's an important part of the process.
0: Runners are often so intrinsically motivated that we feel that push to always keep getting better, and yeah. it's hard for us to step back and realize that sometimes rest and recovery are the best paths to improvement. Mm-hmm. I start to feel sometimes as if I harp on these same themes that a lot of them that you just touched on over and over and over again. But there's such critical truths in the running experience. Yeah, you, you have to recover. You have to rest. You have to trust in a process. And as you said very significantly, be patient. Do that and step back from an instant gratification society that mm-hmm. we live in. One, you're going to be more gratified in the long term. Mm-hmm. But two, as I mentioned you you the other day, not only can you achieve success you very likely in running will Mm -hmm. see great success Mm -hmm. and for you there's been hiccups mistakes on this running path there was an injury when you didn't take the time to rest you had that great marathon and then you were like i'm gonna get right back in it and do it faster and Mm -hmm. better you learned the hard way yeah but like in life we often have to learn Mm -hmm. the hard way yeah i've been thinking recently about a, a kind of guiding mantra, not just as we talk about for a specific race, we often have those that we go back to mentally. you know, in the previous episode, Natasha Wodak talking about those things running through her mind when it got tough at the marathon project, but a larger overarching mantra. And I've been reading and stealing tidbits from others and and now in what you've said today, a theme is crystallizing in my mind that i hope guides all of us in our running going forward and that is we are we are outcome aware but more significantly we are process oriented and even more significantly we are purpose driven yeah that is a combination that creates beautiful running mm-hmm. and things far bigger you're outcome aware You know those results of those great achievements you've had. You've invested in a successful process, Mm -hmm. but you are now driven by a bigger purpose. That's right. To that point, what do you think is perhaps the most significant thing you've learned about yourself as a man, a father, a husband, and a friend through this entire two-year process?
1: That I'm worth it. I'm valuable. My story, my perspective, my struggles are my community needs me. My family needs me to be present, to be the best version of myself that I can be for them. And for so long, I just haven't felt good enough. (laughs) For so long, I haven't felt like I'm measured up to something. And running has reminded me that I am is worthwhile for me to, to invest in myself in this way. I am valuable to my community, and I've, I've I lost that. You know, we talked about identity a bit, but running has reminded me of that in, in a, a beautiful way. And, and my wife needed that. She needed me to come back to life. My friends, it seems like they lost me there for a while. When you become too in, too introspective, and too self-critical, you're not able to offer anything, or much, to the people in your community, you know. And for too long, I, I, I kind of sat in the stands, and kind of let just let life happen. Um, kind of just frustrated with the results thus far. You know, sometimes, and, and a part of this is you know growing up in sports and having big dreams, and you have to learn what to do when you fail and it took me a while to figure that out that these these aren't failures you know all these these times are not living up to that D1 football scholarship not living up to the success your dad had at a sport it's not failure it's, it's opportunity to do something else or to to find yourself in a, a different path to make your own you know i didn't know what it what it meant to be your own man you know or to find your own path. I've always been held back by comparison and by disappointment and not living up to the goals I had for myself in one way or another. And uh, yeah, running gave me an opportunity to stop comparing myself and to start the, the tedious and slow process of realizing growth, small, steady, growth in myself um, and the
0: value of that. That's a long way to answer that question. (laughs) Uh, But but a beautiful answer. Daniel, I am happy and thankful to count you as a friend. Likewise. I'm even happier and more thankful that you reciprocate that. My one disappointment in our friendship is that I didn't know you before all this Mm. uh, so that I could see This growth, but I am so happy to be along for the ride now. Is there any chance you would take us out with a little taste of the music of Daniel Harper to wrap up the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I'm gonna have to remember the song, so bear with me. But this is the first song I ever wrote. It's called The
2: Life. was younger my teachers would say shoot for the stars you'll make it someday but as i get older they laugh at my dreams and they shoot me down from the stars it seems when i was a boy i dreamed dreams dreams of hollywood and tv screens I'd hear music on the radio, I'd sing along Hoping that the next tune played would be my song But all I'd hear them say is Go to school and graduate Get a job, you gotta get paid Find a wife and procreate Man, this is the life Now I am a man Still dreaming dreams I'm finding that this road I'm on Is longer than it seemed But I won't give in And play along Even if my life plays out a sad, sad song It won't be singing Go to school and graduate get a job you got to get paid find a wife and procreate man this is the life do <laughs> <laughs> Um, They say, go to school and graduate Get a job, you gotta get paid Find a wife and procreate Man, this is the life I say I I went to school and graduated I got a job so you know I get paid I got a wife and I procreated Man, this
0: is my life. My man, Cosmo. (laughs) Thanks so much, buddy. We will see you next time on Seconds Flat, Mile 70. As we mentioned earlier, Run-In wants to fit you for new shoes to start your 2021 running journey and follow in Daniel's footsteps. You have two easy ways to enter. And we'll randomly pick a winner on Wednesday, January 13th. First, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review describing what running and the run community mean to you. Or second, you can send an email to secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com telling us how you hope to make 2021 your best running year yet. We can't wait to hear from you. And Run-In can't wait to jumpstart your year in running. Check them out at their new location on Washington Street by Cleveland Park and the Swamp Rabbit Trail in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina. Take care and have a beautiful, wonderful, blessed 2021. See you guys.